It's got booze, it's got girls. Booze and girls equals, I don't know, do you? I don't know, do you? I think you do, do you? Just straight out of Austin, Texas. Welcome to another edition of Sell Porn or Die Trying. I'm your host, Connor Young. I am the CEO and the co-owner of Why Not? And this is my show where we talk about the business side of the online adult entertainment industry. This is a great show for affiliates if you're into adult affiliate marketing, if you're a marketing professional uh, working for one of the many wonderful adult companies we've got in this business, uh, if you're just interested in getting into adult, if you are an executive this is your show. And this week, I'm really pleased to say we have a wonderful interview happening with Rainey Strickland from Juicy Ads. And Rainey is the head of sales and marketing at Juicy Ads. And she's been in this business since 1997, which actually turns out to be the exact same year when I got into this business. So we go way back, Rainey and I, uh, and uh, she's one of those people I just love seeing at shows. You know, when I see her, it, it's just like, hey, there's someone I want to talk to. Uh, she's amazingly chill, and she's got a tremendous amount of industry experience because she's been there from the beginning, and she's seeing how the industry has evolved, all the different various little iterations of the industry, uh, and and so she has uh, you know insights and knowledge that just a lot of people don't have because they don't have that history. Rainy does. So uh, I think you're going to enjoy this interview, and I'm very pleased to, to get onto that here in a little bit. But first, there's a couple of topics that I want to discuss before we uh, get to the interview that I think are very important. The first, which is a little self-serving, I admit, is Why Not Summit happening uh, from July 7th through 9th, and this is a 100% virtual show. Uh, you are invited to attend. It's totally free. You can attend, uh, register right now. If you register early, it helps us out a lot. So while you're listening right now, just head over to whynotsummit.com, Y-N-O-T, summit.com, and there's a register now button in the upper right corner. Uh, you also can click the schedule and see the uh, schedule of sessions that we have uh, uh, coming up. There's a list of speakers you can kind of browse and, and get a sense of the show. Uh, the show has, we've had such demand for participation in the show that we're actually going to be adding a third day. Right now, we have two days up on the website. There's going to be a third day here soon because we've just had so much um, so much enthusiasm for participating. This is great. We did three days last year when we launched a show. It started as sort of a response to the pandemic lockdowns, of course, a way to keep the industry connected. And we got such tremendous uh, response from people. We had nearly 2,000 registrations uh, for that first show. And uh, we had a lot of people who told us, look, even when you get to the in-person events, we hope you keep doing Why Not Summit. We get a lot out of it. And we agreed that, you know what, we'd like to keep doing this show. So here we are in 2021. We're not quite 100% out of the pandemic yet. We see things trending back towards in-person events, which is great. But, but meanwhile, we've got Why Not Summit happening in July, and we hope you will join us. To give you an idea of what it would be like when you're there, uh, when you're inside Why Not Summit, you're going to have navigation on the left that will let you navigate between sessions, which is basically our seminars and, and classes and our panel discussions, whatever you want to call them. Uh, there will be a speed networking section and there will be uh, virtual exhibits. Now, in the sessions, there will be topics that are designed specifically for webmasters. 
Uh, it's kind of an old school term, you know, affiliates, webmasters, business executives, business professionals, marketing professionals. Really, there will be a whole track of seminars and sessions for these individuals. And some of the topics to give you an idea of what's going on, there will be an adult affiliate marketing boot camp. There will be a, a session on proven traffic tips for modern affiliates. There will be a state of the industry panel where we have leaders from the industry talking about the challenges we face and what's going on and how business is going. That's going to be tremendous. There's a session on how to build your marketing and PR plan. There's a session on why you still need a blog. Uh, we have uh, representatives from the various billing companies talking about the, the challenges and opportunities that are there for adult right now. Um, there's also a session on emerging adult verticals, so adult video games, uh, talking about VR, how you can get involved in these as an adult affiliate, and you'll hear from leaders in, in those particular fields. Uh, there's a lot more. Visit the site. You'll see a full list of the sessions for the Webmaster track, and you'll note there's also a model track. So if you are talent, industry talent, we have an entire track of sessions that are made just for you. In this case, it will be uh, topics that, that are really only relevant to, to talent, um, and the speakers will largely be uh, other models, other performers, executives from the platforms that you use, uh, like cam, cam networks, um, um, fan platforms, etc. And that's what will be going on in the model track. And if I can geek out for a moment, I got to say, I'm, I'm just really thrilled to say that Tara Patrick is going to be speaking on the model track. And Tara Patrick is, look... When, when I think back to this industry, when I first got started in the early years, uh, going to shows in Vegas, uh, there I don't know when Tara Patrick first came onto my radar, uh, but she was one of those stars in the industry that was just larger than life. She'd show up in Vegas, people would line up for her autograph, like around the uh, around the block to get you know a picture with her autograph, and uh, if she headlined at a club and walked in at some of the parties, you could just see the charisma. You could say, "All right, you know what." I get it. I get it with this one. I could see why uh, she's such a star. She's tremendously likable. She's just her personality is fantastic. She's a likable person. Uh, and Tara Patrick's going to be talking on our model track and, and kind of sharing all of that amazing industry knowledge uh, that she's got with our attendees. And I could not be happier about that. Just really thrilled about that. Um, Again, just to reiterate, this is 100% free, uh, and all you need to do is go to WhyNotSummit.com and click the Register Now button, and you can reserve your uh, your place at WhyNotSummit. We hope to see you there. Okay, now before we get to the interview with Rainey, there is one other topic I wanted to discuss briefly, and that is the evolution of the adult industry's critics and where that currently stands. Having been in the industry for a while now, I can tell you that uh, I've seen, just like the industry has evolved over the years, so too have our critics evolved over the years. When I first got into the business, the um, internet was new. So it was scary to a lot, of, uh, a lot of people. And they would routinely go out and argue that there's adult entertainment online. Um, a kid may come across this. We need to stop it. We need to outlaw it. We need to go after these companies. And that argument really didn't win. Um, you know, the politicians reacted to it uh, initially and created um, certain laws that ultimately failed in the courts trying to restrict uh, content online. We have in the U.S., we have the uh, the First Amendment, right, which provides a, a tremendous amount of protection. And the quite frankly, the won't somebody think of the children arguments just fell 
uh, hollow. They were they were hollow and and people knew it. You know, I think most people heard those arguments and thought, look, lady, watch your kids. You know, don't make this just because you want to turn your kid on the loose on the Internet without any filters, without any supervision, you know, because it's easy for you. Don't make it everybody else's problem and start telling consenting adults what they can see, what they can do. Those arguments didn't work. So over the years, it felt like, all right, look, the attack on adults sort of went away. And um, it was like, OK, did we win? I think we won. Right now, these people never go away. They never go away. What they do is they come up with new arguments and they come back at you. So a few years ago, what I started to see was the arguments had evolved to sex trafficking, right? Oh, my God, there's sex trafficking out there. Uh, go get the adult industry, <laughs> which is incredibly frustrating because, look, there is sex trafficking in the world. There's, there's, And it's abhorrent and it's awful. And when you think of sex trafficking and you think of somebody being forced to commit sexual acts that they don't want to do, kept in, in like slavery conditions, if you think of it as, um, as children being involved, it's fucking horrible. You know, it's fucking horrible. And people, you know, all of a sudden they're saying this and they're connecting it to adult and the industry didn't know really, I don't think we knew as an industry what to say, because you know what, that's not my experience. I've, I've been in this business for, for a long time and I haven't seen this going on with the companies that I'm dealing with, with the people that I know. Um, everybody I know would be horrified at this. Uh, so, but you don't know what to say. Nobody wants to sound like they're, they're defending sex trafficking. And so the critics of our industry ran with this and they've been expanding and, and coming after us. Um, we've seen several columns from, um, Nicholas Kristoff over at the New York Times that we, this, this, this kind of hysterical, uh, <laughs> you know, editorials that he's putting out, like attacking the adult industry. And we've seen overreactions from companies like MasterCard when they when they went after uh, um, Pornhub or MindGeek and pulled their ability to to process credit cards for a time. Um, you know, this kind of stuff was going on. It was starting to gain some traction. And I've been disturbed when I read the comments from these articles, how many people seem to think, yes, this is a problem. Look at these porn companies. How horrible. Well, look, over on whynot.com right now, there's an article that I think you all need to read so that you understand when you're dealing with this topic, um, what, what the real issue is. And, and surprise, surprise, it's not the adult entertainment industry. So recently, the Human Trafficking Institute, or HTI, put out a report, the 2020 Federal Human Trafficking Report, where they detail uh, where human trafficking recruitment is actually going on. And yes, it is happening on the Internet. That's 100 percent true. The Internet has been the leading source of human trafficking recruitment for for quite some time now. But and here's the kicker. It's not the adult companies, but social media companies where this is happening. In fact, the report hardly has any mention of adult companies at all. Uh, in fact, here's some stats for you. In 2020, 59% of online victim recruitment and active sex trafficking cases occurred on Facebook. Facebook. 65%, I'm sorry, that was 59%. Did I get that right? I don't know if I said 59 or 65. 65 is child victims recruited on social media, recruited through Facebook. 65% of child victims, Facebook. And after Facebook, Instagram, which, as you know, is also owned by Facebook, and Snapchat were the most frequently cited social media platforms for recruiting child victims. Now, <laughs> that's interesting, right? Because Facebook and Snap and Instagram, as we know, 
uh, is very aggressive about pushing adult off of their platforms. The adult industry just isn't there. And this is the number one source, according to this report, of recruitment for sex trafficking and sex trafficking of minors. No Pornhub, no X videos on this list. Uh, You know, there's a full breakdown of this. I'm getting all this information from the wonderful article that Gene Zorkin wrote for Why Not. He's one of our our best uh, uh, writers, uh, regular contributor at Why Not. And you should head over to whynot.com, whynot.com, and read his awesome report on this. And there's a lot more. There's way more than I'm saying here. And you're going to be fascinated to read it. Uh, The adult industry is not the source of of all this human trafficking recruitment. Where this is happening is on uh, social media. And uh, the number one social media platform, according to this report, is Facebook and Instagram. Uh, So one company. Okay, so I think that's an important thing to read, because you know what? If we don't defend this industry from these these baseless accusations from these these hysterical overreactions, uh, you know what? Eventually, these arguments might start to catch on. And the facts are very inconvenient to the critics of our industry. All right. Now, let's get on to this interview with Rainey. Uh, we talk about traffic, of course, uh, since Rainey is is representing Juicy Ads. Uh, Juicy Ads is a online um I'll call it a marketplace for traffic where you can buy and sell traffic uh, for your adult websites or from your adult websites. Rainey talks about the kinds of offers that work with, with juicy traffic, what works, what doesn't, how to buy that traffic, tips for tweaking your traffic and your results uh, to make sure that you're, you're getting the best results from your traffic buying campaigns. It's a, it's a great interview. It's a fun interview, and I hope you enjoy it. So without any further ado, here's me talking with Rainey from Juicy Ads. <laughs> Okay. Hey, everybody. Uh, really excited to be talking with Rainey Strickland from Juicy Ads today. She is head of marketing and I'm sorry, head of sales and marketing at Juicy Ads. And uh, Rainey, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, Connor. Thanks for having me. Before we get started, I just wanted to tell you, I determined I wanted to tell you this. Um, since you go uh, back in the industry as long as I, I do, um, when I was young and I'd go to shows, you know, and I was in that mood of just walking around looking for friendly faces. I didn't know very many people. You were one of the people that when I would see all the time, it was like, hey, it's rainy. You were always very pleasant and I would get a nice smile and somebody I could stop and talk to. So if you were in that early uh, zombie walking on the on the floor kind of like feel and looking for somebody and like, OK, it's been like five minutes since I've had a conversation. I'm starting to feel like, uh, oh, hey, there's rainy. So I just want to say, uh, always uh, have fond memories of seeing you at shows. You're always a very pleasant person to run into. And um, and so thank you for that. Oh, and thank you. I feel, I've always felt the same about you, Connor. I've always enjoyed chatting with you at shows over the years and sharing knowledge and just hanging out. So it's good to be here with you. Awesome. Okay. And I wanted to start off with just, you know, sort of people to get to know you a little bit. Um, and when you think of your time in the adult business, since you've been 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 around, uh, like I said, as long as I have, for the people who don't know you, talk a little bit about how you got into the business to begin with and what you remember about what the industry was like at that time when you got into it. All right. Yeah. Uh, so I started in 1997, a company in San Diego called Website Story. I was hired as a writer. That brings back memories, I just have to say. Website <laughs> yeah. Story, that brings back memories. For me too. But yeah, I was hired as a writer. Uh, there, I just moved to Southern California and, and, uh, and it was a writing job I picked up and, um, I didn't even know it was adult. I just kind of came in backwards. I was hired to do mainstream reviews 
And, you know, within a few weeks, I was in sales, just the way things happen, you know. So, yeah, I started doing the adult sales shortly after I started and pretty much never looked back. And, you know, traffic was completely different game then. I mean, it was pretty much you could buy uh, clicks for about a nickel a piece. You didn't know where they were coming from. You didn't know, you know, if it was real. The bots weren't very sophisticated, but you could pick between gay and straight. And that's pretty much all you had as far as targeting options. Um, but it was crazy. You know, it was new. The adult industry was just on online. Adult industry was just starting. And I always had a waiting list a mile long. So, you know, affiliate programs were just just the first ones were just coming around. And and um, so it was mostly just uh, webmasters putting content online and trying to figure out how to sell it. Is there a one thing that you wish you knew back when you started in this business that you know now? What would that be? Oh, one thing. There's so many. Money doesn't last forever uh, <laughs> unless you do something with it. I mean, in the early days, money was flowing quite easily. And I think there are a lot of us that, that wish we would have banked some of that instead of, instead of spending it like the 20-year-olds we were and, you know, um, thinking it was going to last forever. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I, I, it's it's it did come fast and easy. Just a single listing of a website in, in Yahoo. Um, I remember I would get the, the notification from them by email that the site had been approved for listing. And I literally would yell out Yahoo every time because it was like, <laughs> you know, that added quite a bit of money to the monthly uh, um, profits every time they would just get a single listing approved. So and when you think back on your time in the adult business, what's one of your absolutely favorite memories? Like, t- tell us about something that you, you think of that really makes you smile when you think back at your time in adult. I've had a lot of good memories, but I think probably my favorite time was right after I left Website Story and launched my own uh, digital agency um, is right right around 2000. And basically, I took Website Story was trying to go mainstream. I took uh, part of my team with me and we started a little agency and um, Poppy, who's still around, was there and he was my sales guy. And, and we just we had a little office in Mission Beach and we had so much fun. We worked hard. We played hard. We, you know, were just starting to get on the show circuit, that kind of thing. And it was just such a fun, carefree lifestyle. Everybody was making a lot of money and having fun and all of a sudden able to go to all these new places and meet all these new people. And and um, yeah, that was that was pretty thrilling. Poppy, my homie. That's what I used to we used to call each other. We'd see each other like, <laughs> hey, homie, you know, that was uh, another person I love running into at shows. Um, so now the, the next few questions here, don't think too hard. I'm just going to throw some rapid, uh, rapid fire questions. That's not really industry related, just for people to get to get to know you a bit. Uh, question number one, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Um, flying, I think. Okay. Okay. That's fair. And more important than that question is, do you think the cats have any regrets? <laughs> cats, probably not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think I agree with you on that. And, and what was your favorite toy growing up? Favorite toy? My Atari, I think. Oh, good call. Good call. I remember getting mine on Christmas morning. It was, uh, it was a life changer. Yeah, I was the first one on my block with one. Yeah, we got combat. I remember the cartridge game. It's combat and uh, adventure were two of the first. Like we got yes. five cartridges with it on Christmas. Those were two of them. Now you got to travel a lot in the industry. What's the most beautiful place you've ever been to? Is for work related? For uh, anywhere, anywhere you've been in the world, um, that, that it's the most beautiful place you've been. Um, Curacao. When they used to do the island gathering there, I went, you know, for eight or nine, 10 years in a row. Um, I love that island. I love the people there. Um, I have such good memories from 
from that place so far removed. And it was just such a great uh, retreat, really, not so much a hardcore show, but just a retreat. And and I really miss it. I haven't been back since since the original one stopped going. And I, I have to say, it's one of my favorite places. I have been once and I went out to do some business with Fabian when he was with Clicks, And um, and yeah, it was um, it was a very positive experience. And this is the most important of these questions. And then we'll move on to the to the meteor stuff. Uh, if you were forced to choose and you 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 either have to burp every time you lean in to kiss somebody or else you have to drool when you talk, which of those two things would you choose? Well, considering I've been with my wife for about 19 years now, I'm going to go with the burping because she'd just laugh. <laughs> yeah, she'd be able to. <laughs> so, all right. Um, now, Juicy Ads, uh, I want to get to know the company a little bit. Uh, what's your typical day like for you at Juicy Ads uh, when you're working uh, stuff with Juicy Ads? What, 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 just give everybody an idea of your typical day. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think any day is really typical because there's so much going on, but, um, you know, I, I start my day about six in the morning. Um, I have team members all over the world. Um, so that gives me a little bit in each time zone to be able to catch people. Um, and really, um, you know, I have my basic meetings, my stats, things I do like that. Um, and any day, one day to the next, it can be working with the sales team. It could be direct client communication, um, it could be researching ad tech. Um, it could be, you know, quality testing something new. Um, it's really varied. Uh, we have a small team at Juicy Ads. Um, I think we're up to about maybe 16 people now. Um, and all of us do a lot of things and all of us work really hard, but we work really cohesively. But it makes it exciting. No day is the same for anybody, I don't think. Yeah, that's actually uh, I, I understand that role. You have like we have to wear many hats in this business. Um, we don't always get to just focus on any one thing. So I, I, I completely understand. And, and with Juicy Ads, there's been a lot of talk. I know there's been a big push from you guys to make everybody aware of the new UX and kind of the changes you guys have done to the interface. Um, what, tell us a little bit about it. What makes this new interface better than the last one? Okay. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're a Juicy Ads user, you, you know, we haven't had a major update to our interface in a long time. Um, and this new one we call UX 13, um, it brings together all the parts of the site into one cohesive, uh, you know, easy to use intuitive interface, um, on the one hand. So it's, it's aesthetic, um, but it, it's a better user journey for buyers and sellers um, to find what they're looking for quickly. Um, and it also builds a foundation with new technology for us to grow in the future. So that's, I think, one of the most exciting parts for me is that we'll have this foundation to really be able to launch new ad tech in the future and, and stay on top of things. Yeah, it's amazing what we can create after we've had experience with something and get to know sort of like, you know, you build a UX or you build a website, you know, and then after many years of experience, you can really know, all right, um, where that website's, I guess, um, not living up to the potential. Um, and so it's it's using all that experience to build a new site can be very exciting. So congratulations to you guys on that. I know I know it was a big effort and um and and uh, and a lot of work was put into that, so that that's great. Um, and aside from the UX, I don't know. There may be nothing, but I like to ask guests if there's any chance we can make any kind of news here. Um, is there anything you guys are working on that you maybe haven't really shared publicly yet, or, or maybe you can hint at uh, about what's next for Juicy? Coming pretty shortly after the full launch of of the new UI, um, we'll have full page interstitials and vast pre rolls. 
new ad types that are, are very popular. And I know our clientele is very much looking forward to those. So those should be happening pretty quickly. We've hinted at them in the past, but, but uh, now that we have this final piece coming together, we'll be able to launch those pretty quickly. It should help a lot. Okay. And that actually works well rolling into my first question um, about traffic and, and, and that whole world uh, talking about different ad types and different traffic types. And so for people who are you know, maybe new to the game or don't understand it well, can you maybe just go over some of the different basic types of traffic and ads and things that are available? So just some of the common, uh, um, you know, terms and, and ad types and traffic types that, that beginners ought to maybe look into and be aware of and, and what they are. Sure. I mean, you know, um, at the most basic level, I would say it breaks down into for adult is banners and pop unders. Those are probably the two standards. And so one is just banner ads featured on, on another adult site. The other is a, a window that pops either, uh, under your current browser or in a new tab, depending on the browser. But native ads have had a big, big entrance into adult in the last couple of years. And if you don't know what a native ad is, just where the ad is designed to look part of the content. Um, so it's really dependent on the offer and the site you're on. But, you know, trying to just blend in with uh, as if it's native, if, if it's supposed to be there. Interstitials are becoming popular. They're more Google friendly if they're done correctly. You know, if you play Candy Crush or whatever and you have to stop and watch a commercial, that's kind of an interstitial. You know, um, on an adult site, you're clicking from one video to the next. You might have an ad that pops up. Um, that's an interstitial. Let's see. Uh, pre-rolls. So, you know, videos at the, or post-rolls, videos at beginning, middle, end of videos you're showing. Um, and those can be just banner ads. Those can be video ads, different kinds of those. I'd say those are the most of the basic ad types. Uh, push notifications. Uh, almost forgot. Those are, are pretty new in adult, um, you know, last couple of years, two, three years. It kind of got out of control a little bit, I think. Um, and, and there's, you know, various restrictions being put on things. Anything that goes crazy usually gets a look from Google. Um and we all have to live under that Google God, you know, to keep. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't get me started. Oh, man. I, that's one of my pet peeves is because because we go back to an industry where there was no Google and no uh, Facebook or or any of this crap. I remember used to I used to look at the Internet and I would see, you know, there were the governments of the world were fumbling, trying to find ways to control the Internet. And we called it the Wild West. And um, I'd look at this and go, man, you know, people can set up computers anywhere all over the world. It's like um, this is like they're never going to control this. Well, <laughs> they kind of did. And, and Google was a big piece of that puzzle. And they do stuff that's just like, you know, it's frustrating because you sort of end up having they, they do stuff that causes you to have to design sites for them instead of how you want to design sites. And sometimes I guess that's fine, but they always put it under this idea of, hey, we're doing this because we're trying to create a better user experience. Like they're just these good guys looking out for the little guy who's trying to search and find a website. It's all a crock of shit. These, the, it's the whole do no evil thing. I, I consider them one, one of the most evil forces on the internet um, to be complete. I would, if I could nuke, uh, couple of companies, I mean, Facebook probably comes first, to be honest with you, but Google, but Google is, is, is high up on the list of companies I would love to just eliminate from the landscape. Oh, they drive me absolutely crazy. Um, so for the, for put, let's just to get into a few of these. So push notifications, um, how many people do you have a sense of 
Like how effective are they? I always click deny when a website's asking me if they can push notifications. It's just my um, default, um, you know, click deny. I mean, it may be under very rare circumstances. Um, there's a website where I feel like, yeah, I'd want them to do that. Um, do you have a sense of how many people accept push notifications or, or is, is that something that's, is it enough? I did the research probably three years ago, and I know a lot has changed. Um, we don't offer them at Juicy Ads at this point. People clicked like crazy because they didn't know what it was, you know, so they just clicked accept and, and went from there. And then as time goes on and people go further and further with it and abuse it more, people started to get wise to it and they stopped clicking and they clicked deny, deny, deny. I know it's very effective for some people. There's just not that retention ratio that there was at the beginning. But yeah, it's a valid ad type. Yeah, And then pop-unders, um, in the early days, we had pop-ups, right? Which were, you know, people were, ads would just pop up when you didn't want them to. Um, pop-unders, um, explain, what's the difference between, explain the difference between like the old school, school pop-up where you're just trying to look at a page and all of a sudden ads are popping up and you're face and then the pop under ads. Yeah. The old pop-up ads, I mean, you know, the adult was kind of known for them, you know, and, and some sites would pop up 20 windows. So you'd log onto this domain and all of a sudden you just get a window that pops up over your screen and then another one, another one, another one. You can't X them out fast enough. For the most part, you know, legitimate sites have done away with that. Um, especially if you're working with a, a network Usually they're not going to allow that kind of thing. And now they they simply go under. So it um, stays either under your browser or in another tab. Like I said, they're, they're really effective for things like cams where, um, you know, all of a sudden you have a, a, the girl or the guy in the cam and you're going, wait, where's that sound coming from? And then you click over there and, you know, um, it's it's very effective for tabs and a, and a lot of different offers, uh, casinos as well. Um, do well with. It's just content that they're going to find later. You try to do it unobtrusively so you're not blocking what they're seeing now, but you see it, uh, you know, after you're done, you click around, you've got to see what's going on and there's your ad. Yeah. And you're right. I associate them, you know, largely with cams when you're on like Pornhub or somebody like that, you'll, you'll get pop unders often like for cam sites, Chatterbait uses them and the stream uses them pretty effectively on, uh, on tube sites and whatnot over the years. Uh, so yeah, you do. You, that's, that is something that I, I sort of associate with cams a lot. Um, are there other, uh, are there other niches aside from cams that you think pop unders work a, a especially well for? Um, like I said, casinos, we're seeing a lot of uh, gambling companies, casino companies using pop unders now and getting really good results. I mean, they can work. We have all different kinds of offers on our pop unders that people buy. So um, they can work for pretty much anything. You just want to know, you know, it comes down to your targeting and who's getting that pop under, you know, and that's the big thing I think in any ad type is Who's going to see it? When I talk to to traffic networks or just listen in on seminars and sessions where traffic networks are talking to an audience about about the whole buying traffic game, um, what what we'll hear a lot is is about the need for you know if you're an affiliate or your or your website owner and you're buying traffic, the need to test traffic, right? To 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 go through this process of, of buying traffic, testing things, um, making adjustments, removing what doesn't work, what does work. Can you walk us through that process for if somebody's like, how do I do that? What, like, what's this whole testing traffic thing? Walk somebody through how that might look. Okay. Um, well, if you're you're a newbie coming in and you you know want to take some first steps, you're first going to pick your offer, right? Whatever it is you're going to want to sell. I, I always suggest the first thing is talk to the affiliate manager at that program and get as much data as you can about what works for them. 
you know, because they're going to know because they're buying tons of traffic. They're going to know it works in these geos. We can't bill in this country. So don't buy traffic in that geo. If they, the more data they can give you, the better you come in prepared to buy an ad. So once you have all that information and you go to your ad network, the next thing you want to do is see if you qualify for an account manager. So every network's different. Our, our barrier to entry is pretty low. You just have to deposit $500. So you could deposit $100 a month for four months and then you qualify. So other than that, it's $100 minimum for a campaign. But so once you do that, you get assigned an account manager and then that account manager is going to know their network better than anybody else. And they're going to know what everybody else is doing. So they're going to be able to share information with you. So just keep collecting data and you're going to be able to narrow things down before you even pay for one click. And that's ideal. You know, it, a lot of people just come in blind and pick a site and that's it, you know, but there's so much information you can get by working with with your account managers and affiliate managers before you even start. You can do A-B testing, for example, where you could, you know, we offer that on our platform at Juicy Ads where you can test, you know, two different offers, two different landing pages, two different banners, um, different price points, whatever it is that you want to test to see which one does better on a certain source of traffic or a group of sources. So that that's more data that you collect, but you know, there at that point you're paying for the data. As you narrow down what you're looking for, you our our platform self-service, so you can do it yourself or you can work with your account manager to figure out, okay, so I want tier one traffic, English speaking traffic, um, using iPhones you know, from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m., then you'll get a list of sources. A lot of people on our network will start with a blacklist, which is essentially after you do your targeting, you select all that, and then you'll have access to tons of sources on the network, depending on your targeting. And that opens you up to a lot of different kinds of traffic sources, which is nice. So you can see where your offer works the best, where you're earning money from. And then you could also see where you're not earning money from. So then you start blocking sources. This site, I'm getting nothing from. I want to chop that one out. So you just block it, you know, and you go through and people develop their their white or blacklist over years, you know, um, honing that in. So once you, you've done that for a while, you'll start to get an idea and you have some other options. You can keep, you know, building your, your blacklist. You might also want to start a whitelist, which is where you say, okay, these 10 sources on my original blacklist convert the best for me. And I'm going to put them in a single whitelist, which means I'm only going to get traffic from those sources. You might also say this spot, I love this spot. I don't want to risk losing it to anybody else. So I'm going to go and buy the spot directly. And that way you're assured uh, that you have that spot for the specified amount of time. And I think those are, are the basics of testing. It's it's a lot of data. It's a lot of stats. Um, tracking, I guess that's one thing I left out. Um, tracking is, is important because if you don't know where you're getting your sales, none of the other data matters. Uh, so like Juicy Ads offers pixel tracking and S2S tracking. Affiliate trackers like Volume or PeerClick, there's, there's a bunch of them out there that you can use a paid for service for, for more advanced stats. You're tracking and you're testing and that's going to eventually get you to the point 
where you know what you're doing and what you're looking for. Exactly. Yeah, stats. I lo- I'm a big stats person. Obviously, traffic, you're spending money to get that data. But um, so, so you got to get some. There's a little pressure there to, to get things working. But um, yeah, I'm a big. That's what I love about baseball. My European friends don't understand baseball at all. It's just they like it. But I love the whole stats thing with, with, with baseball. OK, one thing I wanted to get into based on what you were saying, and I think it's always been something that's on my mind is when you're talking data, and A/B testing, and 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 really trying to understand what's working, what's not working. The problem to me is always sample size because if your sample size is too small on the data you're looking at, you might get these like it looks like, hey, this looks really successful. I got a few sales here. It just turned out to be like it was a bit of a quirk. Um, or you might write something off because you know, hey, I, I got a, you know, I bought a thousand you know visitors over here. Nothing happened. But it was also just kind of an anomaly, and that could have been a good source for you, and you cut it out. What? So when you're talking when you're talking data size, can you give any thoughts on what is a good data size to where you start to know? Okay, I've invested enough, um, I've bought enough, or I've had enough visitors to have a, a good sense of if this source is working for me or not. It's a general question for so many different kinds of offers that we see, and it depends on you know some people want have a price point of a couple hundred dollars for one sale, some people have you know, a free sign up. So there's so many variables that go on to kind of answer that generally. But if you cut, that's why you want to come in with data from your affiliate manager first. So you can narrow a lot of that down and make sure that your sample size is more targeted. You know, everybody always asks this question. I would say you need at least $500 to really test out some general traffic sources on a network. And that's kind of why we have the minimum of $500 to work with an account manager because we feel like you need to spend that much money to really know what you're doing and and what the traffic's going to do for you. But as far as, yeah, individual offers, it's really case by case. There's so many variables in it to define it generally. Yeah. And this is just the same thing with email marketing and, and, and most data collection. Obviously, the more you can throw at something, the better. So if you're saying around, you're starting with $500, that's probably you guys trying to be generous and understand that not everyone has a huge budget and you're trying to give them a reasonable starting point. But obviously, the more the more you have to invest in this, the more data you're going to get, the more sound your data is going to be. Uh, exactly. What you're getting back. Yeah, exactly. That's just generally the number that I feel is is the minimum um, if you're starting out new. If, if you already know what, you know, if you have a real uh, niche site that you know exactly what works for it, you can come in for under and, and test it probably with a hundred bucks. You know, it's just depending on a general like cams offer or white label, something like that. You're going to need, you're going to need at least, you know, a good chunk of data to understand it. Gotcha. And, and now can you, can you give me a comment? Is there a common myth that you can think of uh, about either buying or selling traffic that you can debunk? Well, I hear people say paid traffic doesn't work uh, a lot, actually, <laughs> which is, is, um, it's kind of funny because it obviously does work. It's a huge industry, you know, in, in adult and mainstream everywhere. Um, but again, I think the reason people think that they're the ones that come in, you know, um, with whatever amount of money they have, they don't talk to anybody. They just throw it out there, don't target anything, and they lose their money. And it doesn't have to be that way. So you get the help that's offered to you. And, you know, even if you don't qualify for an account manager, you're still going to be our support team that has tons of knowledge, you know, um, that can help you along the way. So pay traffic definitely works. Free traffic, so-called free traffic is, is also paid traffic because you're not getting it for free. You're working for that and you're working to keep it. And it's often more time consuming 
and more expensive to do it that way. Okay. So this crowd of people who maybe are running around saying, oh, it doesn't work or, uh, you know, for affiliates who are looking at, who are maybe thinking about where can I make money? And they're looking at these different things they can promote. Maybe it's adult dating. Maybe it's um, live cams. Um, are there certain offers that you guys have seen that you, that if someone came to you and said, hey, I want to buy a lot of traffic and send it to this this offer that you just go, you know what, that's probably not going to work. Stay. These offers just don't work very well. Are, are there anything that you want to warn people uh, in that regard? You know, not not really, um, because there's there's a right traffic source for every offer. There are times that people come in with certain amounts of money or, or a certain offer that I don't think they have enough money to get to that place. I always am honest with the client right up front if I don't think it's going to work. If you're, you know, you're doing it this way with the wrong banners or targeting the wrong things, I don't think you should spend your money. And I'm, I'm completely willing to say that a year from now, you're going to come back with a different one and a bigger budget and you're going to trust me. But I don't think, you know, a blanket answer of no, something's not going to work for anything is out there. Are there certain areas of the industry that you're seeing that are doing especially well? Is it live cams or are there other, other areas that you're seeing people buying traffic and being quite successful at that you might tell affiliates, hey, look into this particular niche? Yeah. Um, live cams uh, obviously is is a huge niche right now or a sector in our market, um, especially with everybody staying home and, and things like that. But also on, I mentioned it earlier, on adult networks, we're seeing a lot of success with gambling offers um, on like casinos, um, not so much, you know, U.S. based, but foreign, um, U.K., Japan, things like that. Um, that are doing really, really well. And uh, hentai um, content is huge on on our network at Juicy Ads. It's one of our best sellers. It's one of our most requested. People are doing really well with that, especially with with some of the adult games, things like that. Yeah, which and for affiliates who are thinking about maybe trying to build some destination websites of their own that they might then use to um, you know to to sell traffic or push traffic elsewhere. Um, you know, maybe that's something that they should look into. That's the kind of um, uh, site they could build. Like I, my son's in his twenties now, <laughs> which dates me a little bit. Early twenties, I'll say. He just got there. But um, but man, just just anime like in video games and steady diet of that stuff and all his friends. And um, I always had a few old anime shows when I was a kid that I liked, you know, some of the stuff coming out of Japan. Um, but with him, it's it's like with a lot of younger uh, people in the younger adult uh, era, uh, brackets, it's it's they're one of their main sources of, of joy in the world is, is, is anime. And so, and video games, of course. So I, I seem that I just feel like there's a lot of untapped potential in that area of adult uh, for people to build destination sites and interesting content sites around that, which is a good segue to my next question, which has to do with people who are thinking about selling traffic and using a service like Juicy. Uh, so if you're on the seller side of things, you're not looking to buy traffic, but you want to sell traffic. How could people with those with websites and existing traffic, how would they work with you? Yeah, they would just, uh, you know, come to Juicy Ads. They can sign up for an account. And if they know what they're doing, they can you know, select their own ad zones, uh, put all the information into our platform. We'll spit you out a, a JavaScript code that you would put on your site and you're hosting ads. If you don't know what you're doing, we also have publisher managers that can walk you through it. They can help you, you know, on, on where to make more money, where to place things. You know, hey, you can add a navigation tab here and make a couple extra thousand a month. You know, just a lot of ideas that that we look at websites all day long. So we, we have a lot of experience in, 
in teaching people how to grow their sites and grow their traffic. It's simple from the expert can come do it without ever talking to anybody um, to the newbie. We'll walk you through it. Okay. And I think this is an obvious question, but it just, I'll ask it anyway, in case anyone's wondering, um, what's the advantage of, of, of working with Juicy in a situation like that, as opposed to going out to individual affiliate programs and just serving up ads directly to affiliate programs to monetize that way? Let's, let's talk about the, the advantages. What would be the advantages of, of working with Juicy instead of doing that? One advantage is that we work with, I would say, probably most of the big advertisers in adult who have accounts with us with money in their accounts ready to spend. Uh, on a dime. There's no waiting for an invoice. There's no uh, chasing them down, trying to get the money. There's none of that. We take care of, we do the billing, we do the transfer of funds, um, we supply the code, um, and we help optimize it, you know. And then we have a variety of advertisers that can immediately go there um, and start bidding on your traffic to get the most price from it. Um, it's more of a stable income. I think if you're and I've been there, I've made a living as a webmaster um, and working on just with the affiliate traffic, you know, that can come and go. You know, you, you never know when your sales are going to drop or when that Google you know, is going to that search engine results going to fall out um, with an ad network. You have a more stable in, income, a steady paycheck, and you can kind of learn what to expect from week to week. Um, and, yeah, just our expertise. We can help you. And if someone has a new site that they're working on, that they're building, but they don't, you know, they're trying to think, look, I'm, I'm just sort of building this. I'm not monetizing it yet because I just got started. About how many, do you have any sense of how many daily visitors, like if a person reaches a certain milestone in daily visitors, like I'm pulling in this amount per day now to come to this site, when's that a good time for them to start thinking about monetizing maybe through through an ad network like Juicy? Okay, I've got enough traffic now that it's worth it. Probably in the 5,000 to 10,000 per day um, is a good range to to really make it worth the effort of doing that for, for you. Um, I think prior to that point, you're still basically in a testing phase and finding out what what content gets, you know, gets things for you and what offers work and, and all of that. Um, at about that range, we can help you better to, to monetize it most effectively. And for people who maybe have bought traffic um, at some point in the past and thinking of those people who say, oh, it didn't work. And then, then they gave up, you know, so at some point they were buying traffic and they just gave up. Uh, what do you think is the most common reason for that failure to make it work? Not, not asking questions. Not relying on the experience of of your account manager. Um, I mean, you know, our our account managers have most of us has been in the industry for twenty years. You know, um, Julie, Jimmy, and then we've got you know Stephen and Kira um, and Laura, and we have a lot of experience. And we've all been at Juicy. Like I'm the youngest, they're the newest one at you know a little over six years. Um, so we've all been there a long time. We can tell you what works and what doesn't. But you'd be amazed at how many people just sign up and try to do it themselves because they don't want to ask questions. You know, the more data you have, the more money you're going to make. And that's there's just no way around it. Yeah, that's actually I, that was reminding me of, of really of our experience with whynotmail.com. Um, we have a similar issue with some people who, um, you know, it's not a lot, but there's a group of people who will sign up. They want to ask questions. They'll run into common problems um, with email marketing and they've never reached out and we're you know ready to help them. And, and we could have like solved the issue if they had like, you know, worked with us. So if you're buying traffic, it does make sense. If things aren't going well, 
You've got access to resources, um, you know, at the uh, at the company where you're buying traffic. Also, as you mentioned, your affiliate networks, um, your success, if you're buying traffic and sending it to an affiliate program is their success. So they're also invested in you doing well in what you're doing. Uh, so you do have resources of people that are, are there to, to help you for sure. When you are talking to customers who are reaching out to you. Uh, with their questions or the concerns, uh, needing help with something, um, what are some of the common themes that that come up again and again with with customers? You know, a, a specific traffic source, for example, might not convert anymore for them, or is not converting as well. Um, and you know, then we go in and we say, okay, well, you've been using the same banner for you know a year and a half, so let's start there. Let's change up your banner. You know, we we could just help them um, optimize, which is a lot of what what the account managers do on the sales team is really go in there and, and figure out what's wrong and how to make it better. And that, that could be, you know, anything from, okay, you're, you're buying global traffic, but the offer you're selling only can bill in North America. Okay. So let's X out all of this other traffic from all these other countries and only, only do where you can bill. You know, there's just a lot of little things that we can help with that we spot because we see it day in and day out. Um, targeting, you have a mobile offer, but you didn't select just mobile. There's so many little details that can make or break your success in a campaign. Again, this is going to be an area where I'm not sure you're going to be able to give me the good, satisfying answer because there's so much there's so much variation, and I, I understand all that. But I'm going to ask anyway. When you're when you're talking about profit, mar- I want to talk about profit margins a little bit. So if I'm going to buy traffic and I'm going to spend say a thousand bucks on buying traffic. Obviously, the goal is to make more than a thousand bucks, right? Uh, back for the thousand that I spent. Um, I've heard some argue that traffic margins—it's—it's it's very small these days. I don't know if, if you believe that's true, but if I'm spending a thousand bucks and I'm doing things right, so things are going well for me, and I'm not talking about uh, some case where some guys just got some phenomenal success that's really out of the ordinary, um, but just your average successful person—I'm spending a thousand bucks, I'm getting a good rate of return. Um, what would, what would that person be expecting to make back from their thousand to say, okay, I'm doing all right to where if they're making less than that back, they need to start looking at, at, at addressing problems. Well, I mean, any profit is good profit, right? You know, um, especially if you can scale it, that's the goal, um, is to make everybody profitable. I would say a good goal to aim for, um, in the beginning would be like a 10%, uh, return on investment. When you're just getting started, still doing a little bit of testing and that, and maybe, you know, up from there, I would say 10 to 25% ROI um, would be a solid goal. Yeah, definitely. And I and I want everyone to understand we're just talking generalities here and, and, and there's a lot of specifics. But in general, if you're spending a thousand bucks and you're making eleven hundred or um or twelve fifty back, um you're you're probably doing pretty good and then rinse and repeat and um and, and you're in you're in good territory at that point. So far, is there anything can you think of anything that I should have asked you at this point about traffic that's important, but maybe I just wasn't wise enough to, to know to ask you. No, I think you you had some well-rounded questions. I think we covered the basics. I mean, I, I can talk traffic all day and all night and often do. But um, yeah, as far as general questions, I think you pretty, covered it pretty well. Um, but, you know, I'm always happy to talk with anybody more uh, specifically about certain questions they have. So. Okay, terrific. And and uh, last question I've got for you, um, and I appreciate uh, you sharing all this wisdom with us. This is terrific uh, information. Um, but I, I, I like to ask guests as a last question, as they look ahead 
to the future of the industry the next like 12 months uh, crystal ball, you take out your crystal ball. Do you see any trends that you think are, are going to be emerging um, in the industry or, or what, where's, where are we headed? Just get, give us some predictions about where you think the industry is going. You know, we'll continue to see the rise of OnlyFans and just for fans and, th- and sites like that. More performers are at home. They can have their own studio at home. They're making money that way. Um, it's popular with the younger crowd. I think we'll con- continue to see more of that happening. I also think that video games and gambling are going to grow, continue to grow. They've been growing quite a bit. Um, gambling is is sort of uh, a newer one for us. You know, during the pandemic, I think more people weren't going to their casinos and they're turning online. I know people for years and years, decades have tried to convert casinos on adult traffic and it would never work. But I think now is the magic time where it's where it's working just based on circumstance. Dating is con- going to continue to be strong. Uh, dating saw a huge growth in the last year. Um with the pandemic, people still wanting to connect um, and video date and, and you know, go from there. Uh, I think I think things look pretty good for the adult industry as far as trends. Nobody knew this time last year what was going to happen, you know. Um, and, I, and I certainly know that certain sectors of, of the industry have been really hard hit. Um, but others have flourished, and I think they'll continue to because I don't really see that there's going to be a magic wand and – you know, okay, on this date, everybody goes back to normal. Um, I think it's going to be a process. It's going to take a while. And these these entertainment, adult entertainment options are going to continue to thrive uh, when people are at home. We've got, I can't, I, I've been saying this a lot, and I'm really looking forward to seeing people in person again. Uh, and you're definitely one of them. And I can't wait to uh, to where we can sit uh, in person and, and share a drink and, and, and tell war stories and stuff like that. It's been, God, it's been a year. Uh, it's been actually since, it's been almost a year on, with the pandemic. And it was a few months prior to that, my last travel for industry-related uh, events. It's been over a year since I've, and my senior my industry family, so to speak. And uh, that's really, I mean, for, for since, since 1997, actually, I think my first show was, I actually got out, it was just into 1998. And um, I've been going to multiple events every year since then, steady up until now. And it's just, it's been rough. So I can't wait to see you again in person and the rest of the team from Juicy. You know, we, we love you guys. We miss you guys a lot. And uh, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it, Rainy. You've had some terrific uh, uh, things and, and tidbits and, and advice and thoughts to share with us. And that's very valuable. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for having me, Connor. It's great to see your face. <laughs> <laughs> you as well. I know people can't. We can see each other. Oh, though. Yeah. Everybody else is getting the audio. But yeah, it's great to see your face as well. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. 